Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it burns you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Belle of Yastan to my beast. I'm Matt. I'm Jared. Which of us is Belle and which of us is Gaston? Uh, who more likes being a living meme? I don't think I like eggs enough to be Gaston. You have to eat way too many eggs to be Gaston. Well, honestly, it just recommends it's a really awkward relationship between us to start with, too. Then I don't know about that. Where are we finally getting to today, guys? We're finally reaching Hollow Bastion. Which is officially the point at which Kingdom Hearts is Kingdom Hearts uh, for real this time. Yeah! We're back! We're back, baby! Kingdom <laughs> Hearts is good again! Hawoo! It only took 10 to 15 hours of gameplay, depending on how quick you are. Hollow Bastion is a completely original world with no Disney ties. What we see when we get there is something that looks like a Disney castle that has been run heavily through a Square Enix filter and then completely ruined to shit. What does Hollow Bastion mean to y'all? Because to me, it means, hey, we're finally at Kingdom Hearts. Well, as you mentioned, this is a world that has no direct connection to any other Disney. Because of that, it's finally a point where it's standing on its own story. I mean, up till now, we've been kind of have-butting our way through different Disney worlds. Sora shows up, annoys everyone, and leaves. And the plot has sort of been a background to having these little adventures. Yeah, yeah, this is the first time where it feels like we're not just a self-insert fanfic character into a Disney world. We have landed in a place that we've not seen before. How about you, Matt? What does uh, Hollow Bastion mean to you when we get here? This is where we finally get into more of what we had at the beginning, where we have this different set of characters and it feels more like Final Fantasy because we started out in Destiny Islands and then we started going in Traverse Town, which also is not a Disney yeah, yeah, I thing. Think, yeah, but like it, I think when we were in Traverse Town, it felt like a Final Fantasy town run through a Disney filter. Yeah, I think that's true. As sort of an inverse to that, Hollow Bastion is a Disney castle that's been run through the Final Fantasy filter. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And I always thought that Hollow Bastion was a really cool name. It, It evokes exactly what it is. It's a Disney castle that has had kind of the heart of it hollowed out. Yeah. Replaced with a void. It's it's a Hollow Bastion. It's a name that just like... The moment you read it, you're just like, what is this? This is not what I've been seeing so far. There's nothing like this in Disney. It's the <laughs> coolest area of this entire game, in my it opinion. Is. It except is. for maybe the the place where the final boss fight happens. Well, there's some discussion there. I am firmly on the side of Hollow Bastion is the coolest place in Kingdom Hearts 1. Mm-hmm. Um, like, from, like, from the very moment you set foot into it, everything about it just feels... Very grand and very unsettling, I'd say. Let's go ahead and just go to the base there. How would you describe what you see when you first get there? So there's a bunch of waterfalls and some solid water, I think. So basically, it's like you're in the middle of an ocean that's been cut in half by like a massive knife. So you're surrounded by waterfalls falling into this rift where above is water and the bottom is water. But for some reason, you're standing on it like it's not quite the physics aren't quite holding together. So everything about it feels very surreal right out the gate. Everything around it feels huge. The skybox is really far away, so it doesn't feel as cramped as previous places we've been. And the skybox is like a world in dusk, basically. Yeah, like the, there's this beautiful pinkish sunset all over the place. Beautiful pink, but then it kind of fades into the sickly orange when you get close to the horizon itself. Everything about it plays with contrast in, in a lot of interesting ways. It's like it's a world that should be very glorious and grand. Something's been taken out of it, and now it feels hollow. 
there's a reason why I said that I felt that the that it felt like you know the heart of the castle had been hollowed out and replaced yep. with a void. And you sure. know, I use the word heart very specifically because of Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we guys haven't gone to the castle hard. The place is completely twisted and built over and falling apart. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a massive heartless emblem right in the front of it, and it looks like it's just basically hanging from shreds over this cliff. But, and of course, the coolest thing about it of all, the thing that just sort of like perfectly nails the tone of what you're getting into is the music. Hollow Bastion's mm-hmm. music is my favorite song in the entire game. It's a relatively short loop as far as a song goes, but it's just this driving somewhere between a, a piano and a plucked string with like a bell gong hitting every so often like in the background. Much like Dive to the Heart, though very differently, it's just this very sorrowful dirge of a song, but it's also mm-hmm. fast and energetic. It has this interesting dichotomy to it where it definitely feels like both, just like as I was describing the castle itself, it feels both glorious but also ominous. And everything about the song just like makes the mood of this uh, huge castle feel just completely unlike anything else in this game. I, I have nothing but good things to say about Hollow Bastion. I think you can tell by how all of us are speaking about this particular area that this is the payoff for Kingdom Hearts. Yes. And it kind of it kind of goes on with that in the series that, you know, the Disney worlds are interesting. But for me, what really makes it is the payoff at the end where we go through all the mysterious Kingdom Hearts specific stuff. Like Hollow Bastion, while it definitely has that feel of something that feels like it could be out of Final Fantasy, like it feels more unique to what we've come to expect from Kingdom Hearts now than it does anything Final Fantasy. Like, I can see this is more of a place where a bunch of Heartless would be than anywhere else we've been in the game. Yeah, especially since what we know is that Heartless are, from the answer yeah. reports, what happens when a heart ends up getting corrupted in some way. Right. And we're saying all this, and yet we're not even near the castle. We're down in this rift with these platforms, which look like chunks of rock with the same material-looking and texture of the water around us. Mm-hmm. We're also surrounded by these weird bubbles that sort of just warp you down if you hit them. This world, it does not wait at all. In fact, we barely you barely make it up like a minute of platform before you hit the first big story beat. And of course, what does it involve? We find Riku causing bullshit. Of course. Yes, yes Riku's <laughs> obviously causing bullshit because of course he is. That's what he does. We've been there a minute and he's already fighting some guy. In fact, who he's fighting is the Beast. A Beast? No, the Beast. The X-Man? No, the biblical one? Ah, but the first beast and the second beast. I'm going to beat you on that category. <laughs> I mean the villain from Kung Fu Hustle, of course. <laughs> I don't get it. The guy's called the beast and that, that much I know. I know so it's confused. the beast from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that beast. <laughs> yeah. Who, if we ignore, if we take certain elements about him and accept that that was just Dizzy accidentally writing, is a bit of a badass. Mm-hmm. Riku actually wants to know what the hell he's doing there. He points out that the Beast literally there's no way he could have gotten the Hollow Bastion. He doesn't have a gummy ship to shoot Heartless in. He doesn't have magic dark corridors. He just showed up there all on his own. We do learn that the, his world has been destroyed here, correct? Actually, Maleficent said a while back when they... Right. Like, this is the guy we've been that Maleficent was hearing smashing up the place outside. That was a, a refugee from a destroyed world. So he's been out there and he's been kicking butt for a while now. He got here without a gummy ship. I want to know how he did that so that we could skip the gummy ship part. He simply <laughs> believed he's that badass. Uh, we actually did that in the past because, you know, after the events of Destiny Islands. True. 
Sora did end up in another world without having to use a gummy ship. Can't we do that again, please? Well, Well, Amanda (laughs) Sandy is normally used to end up in Traverse Town, because that's where everything washes up. Yeah, Traverse Town is sort of like a world where, like, all the wandering souls end up. How did Beast end up here, not Traverse Town? (laughs) Again, he said he simply believed and vowed he would find his his bell. There we go. (laughs) And Riku's like, this is such garbage. Because, you know, Riku, you, you tell Riku about everything. You tell him about friendship. You tell him about the power of the heart. You tell him about the destiny of good and happy ponies. And he's just bored as shit. Speaking of which, Sora shows up during the middle of this little fight they're having. <laughs> yep. And so uh, right as he shows up, doesn't Riku just completely win against Beast? I think they do like that cross slash thing where one of them collapses afterwards. Very anime. <laughs> yeah. That goes back to Chanbara tropes in general. It's Iaijutsu. That's what I said. Chanbara tropes. <laughs> So yeah, Beast collapses, so he looks over and Riku's like, oh, it's this guy again. Because he just seems to stop caring entirely. So how exactly does the cutscene play out? Because I know eventually it ends up with Riku getting control of the Keyblade. Basically, you show up, Riku craps in Sora a bit. Riku says there can't be two Keyblade Masters. This is out of nowhere, of course. And he says the Keyblade needs to choose its true master. Still establishing that, hey, there's only one Keyblade, right? Right? Absolutely. So Riku reaches out for the Keyblade like we're doing a force pull here. In fact, the Keyblade starts being violently pulled in Sora's hand before the animation just decides to have it flash and appear in Riku's hand because they didn't do like a throwing animation for cutscenes. Yeah, that usual animation that whenever the Keyblade returns to Sora after being taken by someone else suddenly occurs with Riku taking the Keyblade from Sora. In the very same way. So Riku's like, well, that proves Maleficent was right about everything, which, you know, Riku, very easily convinced. Well, Maleficent likes to do things, as many villains do, of telling lies using the truth. I just find myself knowing how could she guess that's what he was supposed to be? I don't know. Maybe he smells like it. Yeah, you're you're getting way ahead of yourself, man. Not that far ahead. Only a few episodes. (laughs) She just knows a lot of things that she shouldn't know. So I'm not going to think too hard about that. She's just very lore invested, so. And apparently what she's told Riku is only the Keyblade Master could save Kairi, and that that was supposed to be Riku all along. It's always like, you know, this is kind of crap. I've been doing using this thing for the last God knows how much time in video game world this has been. And Riku's like, yeah, you were a delivery boy. <laughs> you were just the delivery boy. Then he gives Sora a wooden sword. The same wooden sword he had in Destiny Islands, my ad. <laughs> And in exchange, Sora gives, air quotes, Donald and Goofy to Riku. But it's more like Donald and Goofy decide to go along with Riku because they need to follow the key. Goofy is not okay with this, as I recall. Donald isn't happy about it, but he sure is willing to go with it. I mean, to his credit, he's not, like, smirking or being cold. And he does apologize to Sora, but Goofy definitely is way more broken up. Yeah, like, neither of them are, like, super thrilled about this turn of events. But the king told him to follow the key. At the moment, they're still more loyal to the king than to their friend that they met however many video game hours ago. Yeah. To break up this sad little moment, I'm just imagining five minutes later, Riku looking at the two of them unconscious to the ground and sighing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do the Heartless attack Riku? I don't know if the Heartless attack Riku. Well, why wouldn't they still attack Donald and Goofy? Because they're with Riku? I mean, we've been hanging out with Riku. We still got attacked. I don't know. Kingdom Hearts. I just assume anytime something happens, two of them are going to end up on the ground anyways. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> This is your low point. This is your nadir for the character, as at least one point for the all is lost moment. At this point, what's there to give him a push forward again? Sora now has a new big furry friend. 
Friend may be overstating it, but the point is, after Riku's left, Beast gets up because he doesn't have time to lie down and bleed. Beast uh, is still very much determined to go and find Bell. He's acting very hurt, of course, and Sora's like, you, you really shouldn't move, it's bad for you. He's like, well, why are you here? I'm here to get, get shit done. And Beast is actually easily the most powerful ally you get in this game that is not Donald or Goofy. Well, he has to be, because we're, we're about to hit a section now. Sora decides to hang on to the wooden sword, he's done anything else. We're about to hit a section where we're playing through the game, but Sora can't actually injure opponents. Does this magic still work at this point? I forget. I honestly can't remember, but even if it does, that's kind of just a half option. And your stats are down, too. Yeah, the Keyblades always affect your magic stat as well as your physical attack stat. Now Sora and the Beast, they have to climb their way out of the rift that we mentioned to get to the castle itself. To even get through the castle gates, we need to go through a side part of the castle. We have to go down into the basement. Catacombs, perhaps. No, this is definitely the basement. I would not call these catacombs. I would just call this the basement. (laughs) Maybe the plumbing because there's a lot of water and pipes. Correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't he even have Beast smash through a couple walls for you like at one point? Yeah, you do have to have Beast smash through a few walls. Honestly, for someone who apparently got stabbed by a Batwing sword, because of course Riku had to have the most edgy sword possible, he's holding up good now. He groaned a bit, but I guess he was just selling his injury. He found a save point, those heal you. So we get up to castle entrance, and now's probably a good time to start talking about the Heartless here, right, Jared? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch in this one, like, and some of these designs are going to be chasing us the rest of the game, where where we go. So it's yeah, the, we are start, we are starting to fight the end game heartless, and I love the designs of these heartless now. I feel like the first one I want to talk about are the dark balls because they're kind of the simplest of them. Dark balls are sort of like I'll call them super shadows, just because they are kind of the most common, and they kind of have that same antenna thing going on. But there are also like these spooky floating dark balls, dark balls. They have eyes like the shadows, but their texture is, I almost would describe it as bark. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. this dark, wrinkly surface. Mm -hmm. And they have these huge, jagged maws, of course. So, Mm -hmm. like, and they, and rather than, and they're just like, just like giant heads with huge teeth that want to chomp you. And they, they always fly at you. They're a bit like the bomb type monsters from Final Fantasy, but made of darkness instead of fire. Probably the toughest one to fight, that's got to be the Defender. Yeah, the defenders are pretty mean. They have a big old shield that you have to jump behind to get to. It's a big armored guy with basically almost no face. He's got kind of a maw and swirly eyes, mm-hmm. and a bit one big arm and one huge shield with like a like a demon head on it. Mm-hmm. And that thing bites you. It shoots fire through there, and it's basically impervious to hit through. You gotta get behind it. We gotta get past the shield. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they're pretty easy to jump over. Like, most of the monsters here, like, they're cool designs, but they're also not super hard to fight, as I recall. The game is pretty forgiving in most difficulties. I will say, like, the, if a defender hits you, it's going to hurt. Like, like they're the big tanks. Yep. Let's see. Also, that shows up in this area are wizards, which are just the strongest form of the spellcasting heartless. They These ones actually just straight up look like a wizard with a big pointy hat and arms and a cane. And they cast all sorts of spells on you. I mean, I'd say in particular, they look a lot like Final Fantasy Black Mages. They, they don't have the same eyes. They kind of have that jagged maw a lot of Heartless do, but I feel like the big hat and the robe really scream towards it. And I guess this is also where we meet Wyverns, correct? Which are basically just Wyverns. I, basically, I always call it Wyverns. I always pronounce it Wyverns because of Final Fantasy V, very bad PSX translation where they translated Wyvern as Wyburn. Like <laughs> W-H-Y? No, Y, the letter Y, burn. Oh, that's funny. Why burn? And because fire. Except for the fact that their wings look almost a little bit like plane wings. Like, they have kind of like a metallic mm-hmm. uh, horn to them, and, they, and they're and they very stiff. But otherwise, yes, they are flying 
draconic monsters that that swoop you and everything like that. So basically, while you're in a zone where you can't fight, there's these big nasty heartless all running around. Fortunately, you have you have your own big nasty monster to help you out. That's kind of mean. I mean, aren't we supposed to look at what's within rather than judging by its appearance? I mean, right now, all I care about is that Beast is able to handle all these monsters. So <laughs> the fact that he's a big, strong, furry guy helps out a lot. He has cool horns. Does Beast have horns? He's got kind of like a pair of forward-facing goat horns. They, they come yeah. off his head. They're actually in the they're actually oh, similar position those. to where Featherine has them, but nowhere near as prominent. If his, <laughs> not, if his mane's all ruffled up, you don't really... When his mane's ruffled up, you don't see them as much, but they are black, so they really stick out against his fur in the right location. They're dark brown, but black. Okay, then. So, so while we're horns. doing all this, we get a bit where Maleficent's doing her trademark big evil ritual, something involving her princess pod room. So in Beast, they finally make their way into the into the foyer where we learn that there's one problem with Beast. Well, know that I is? mean, so we've skipped you skipped over a whole lot of dungeon crawling because we need True, to go down to the dungeon before we can even get into the foyer. I mean, that's fair, but I just wasn't sure what to say about that. Do you have any specific uh, thoughts you'd like to add? Uh, it's kind of an annoying maze. Uh, you have to flip some switches to get to the final switch that will open things up. I say it's kind of annoying. It's nice because there's no actual fights and no way to fall out of this maze. So it doesn't feel all that punishing. It's just, oh, here's a slight puzzle you have to go through in order to get to the dungeon proper. Like, fortunately, like, they do not put you into very difficult fights in between here and when you actually make it into the castle foyer. Beast is able to handle most of the heavy lifting of fights and there also aren't that many enemies. I think that's probably because the Heartless are more attracted to the Keyblade than anything else, right? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I feel like here they're just going to eat any heart they find, (laughs) Probably. But it's like, we're specifically told at one point that the Heartless seek out the Keyblade. Not too surprising. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's all that we have to say about the dungeon, though, is that you need to go through a dungeon inside the castle that's full of water and bubble puzzles and all that just to open up the gate to the castle. And then that's when Beast gets distracted by a shiny thing. Well, it is a shiny thing. Maybe look at him. Like, so suddenly, you know, Bell appears out the front door they just came through, and he runs right back after. Meanwhile, Sora then has caught up to Riku in the foyer. And basically, Riku, for all his airs of trying to be too cool for this, he seems pretty fed up. <laughs> uh, telling, what do you mean by that? He's telling you to go. So, so fed up, in fact, that he decides it's time to put on his serious clothes. Ah, uh, yes. Riku's terrible, terrible outfit. Yeah, I would like us all to try to describe what we see this outfit as. I think it's actually a pretty cool outfit, but I I agree it's kind of over the top. I would describe it as it is a jumpsuit made out of very thick, I don't know if cylinders is the right word, but very thick bars, I don't know, veins with a big empty heart in the middle. He has high top shoes at the bottom of the jumpsuit. Like everything about it just screams edgy boy. What I want to focus on is it looks like it's a muscle. It looks like it's literally got fake muscles on it. Suddenly, yeah, I was going to say it's like his uh, abs are visible. His shoulders and, and biceps look bigger. The big muscles, ropey veins. I think muscles is what I was going, getting yeah. going for. Yeah, it's, it's like an he looks like, like an exo muscle suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it literally looks like he's not. Like he's wearing something that's like fake muscle fibers or everything. Mm-hmm. It's all black with a blue chest piece. He's got a total of three belts around his waist, one at the waist, two crisscrossing over a little man skirt cape he's got at the bottom. Nomura! Nomura! White with a ragged bottom and only, like, from the sides to the back. 
presume because it's form fitting it back and no one wants to see that except for people specifically want to see it, but we weren't asking them. Mm-hmm. It's a very Nomura esque outfit, I would say. And those say. boots seem to feed right into it. It looks like he would literally be unable to take it off except he put it on with magic, so it's probably not so bad. Like, he just mm-hmm. transforms into this. We'll say how dark this is awesome will kill and will kill Sora. Mm-hmm. As you said, he is done with this and he is going to what does he do? He shoots a fireball at Sora? Well, there's we got a little back and forth I kind of want to highlight here. Go for it. And I, I tend, you know, I tend to uh, joke on the dial here, but I want to be a little bit more. I'm going to go for some direct quoting here, so I think it's important. Yeah, okay, go for it's it. A, it's all like Riku's changing his outfit. He looks like he's powering up like a blast or something, even like the darkness will destroy you. You're wrong, Riku. The darkness may destroy my body, but it can't touch my heart. My heart will stay with my friends. It'll never die. Well, we'll just see about that. And then he shoots his black fireball at at Sora. And then what happens? Well, of course, Sora's friends save him. Yeah. Goofy is the reliable bro of bros. Mm-hmm. And he just he just stands in front of him. He tanks that shot with his shield, though clearly he takes some effort to do so. He kind of just pushes it off. And what, do you say, what does he say about Sora here? Because I, I actually do like the dialogue in the scene, even if it is kind of corny. You'd betray your king? Not in your life. I'm not going to betray Sora either, as he's become one of my best buddies after all we've been through together. If you wish to kill me for my Goofy, I would respect that. No, I think that was actually pretty good. <laughs> and the, the funny part is he, he immediately assumes he's always like, saying, well, Donald, see you later. Yep. And just a second too late, Donald's like, no, I need to make the moral choice, too. Yep. <laughs> Can't let Goofy completely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you look terrible. Yeah. Donald. Donald knows when he's being an asshole and finally decides to not be the asshole today. And apparently he remembers that one point in the 2000s, he was a musketeer because he did say it was one for all and all for one. Yep. Yep. Actually, I don't think I don't think that one point in 2000 where they had the uh, musketeers movie has happened yet. Isn't that 2005? Oh, you got a point there. So maybe they thought of it from here. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> That's a feedback uh, loop. <laughs> so, like, Donald Goofy's like, I guess you're stuck with us, Sora. And Rico's like, how will you fight without a weapon? So he's like, I know now I don't need the Keyblade. I got a better weapon. My heart. Embrace the cringe. Oh, please. I mean, I don't even know if I like calling it cringe at this point. Earnestness isn't cringe to me, you know? Nope. Yeah, I it's good. It is very good. This it's just a lot of people do seem to consider earnestness about this kind of topic to be cringe. They need to watch more anime. They do. <laughs> I mean, Sora, after Riku mocks him again for his weak little heart, he busts out the anime of anime speeches here. And even though I keep going, I'm going to quote this one completely. Please say the complete quote. I want to hear it. Although my heart may be weak, it's not alone. It's grown with each new experience. And it's found a home with all the friends I've made. I've become a part of their heart just as they become a part of mine. And if they think of me now and then, if they don't forget me, then our hearts will be one. I don't need a weapon. My friends are my power. Sora has learned good combat strategy. Sora has leveled up, possibly. My friends are my power is the operative phrase here. That's how it should be. Sora has figured out exactly how you should win proud mode. (laughs) Uh And how is that you win proud mode again, John? Goofy's an MP battery and Donald is your floor tank. So I'm questioning (laughs) how this is friends equal power at this point. It seems more like friends equal slaves. I mean, if Donald and Goofy could stay alive, well, Goofy can stay alive. He's kind of tanky. If Donald could stay alive, I'd have more of a role for him. And Goofy, his MP would be better used to give me more MP so that I can use Strike Raid. Because Strike Raid, I am invincible while I am doing it, and it's doing a lot of damage to my enemies. My friends are my power. 
<laughs> I guess I can't fully uh, argue there because my strategy as a, as a weaker player is, oh, they're dead. I'm almost out of HP. Time to run around the arena until they wake up and distract the boss <laughs> and possibly heal me. So I guess I can't completely deny that. What you should be doing is just taking care of yourself and ignoring them. Your cure spells affect the entire party, correct? Or do you have Kiraga yet? I don't remember. I, I do not have good enough notes on magic there. Perhaps okay. you should be like focused on that more. Yeah, so. I, I think on the next uh, game, we'll have better notes about when we get spells won. So, yeah, Sora gives his great big speech. And the second it's done, the Keyblade says, you know what? I've been bro. And it jumps over to Sora's hand through another flash. Yep. <laughs> yep. Keyblade's like, oh, hey, this kid's heart smells nice. Hope no one <laughs> else saw that bad choice I made. This kid's an- this other guy's annoying. Yeah. And so then we have a fight against Riku. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty quick one. Like, he doesn't really have much to offer at the table here. And you kind of beat him good. Mm-hmm. So you beat Riku back. Donald and Goofy and Sora all have a big old happy party. And the Beast shows up again. It's like, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Turns out that wasn't Belle. And I guess I should have realized that. But hey, your heart won today, so we good? Beast is still going to hang out with us, even though I do think there's some Trinity marks that we want to hit in this castle. So... He can hang out in the back row. I don't know which is the funniest training mark, whether it's just the jump in space one or one where they do their all for one. It just makes the, them appear. The three musketeers pose is pretty damn great. I, but I think my favorite is the one where Sora runs into a wall, then Donald runs into Sora, and then Goofy runs into Sora and Donald, and they all fall through the wall. I think that's great. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Riku, he's he's having a bad day. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's fair to say, wouldn't you? Yeah. No, he's all, he's having the bad day that everyone who's made a bunch of bad decisions has once they're, uh, well, 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 if it isn't the... Consequences of my own actions. Consequences of my own actions. There we go. Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences <laughs> of my own actions, he's going through well, that right now. The good news is he still has more bad decisions to make to try to avoid a bit longer. Like any villain who makes a bad decision, the proper choice when caught on it is to octuple down. Or maybe that's just being a teenager. Yep. Because he's throwing a little bit of a tantrum. Like, he's running away saying, that was supposed to be mine. And then the uh, cloaked figure from the start of the game shows up. Mm-hmm. And says, well, your heart was not the strong one. For a moment, you weren't strong. But I bet you can be stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, you know what's really, really great? More darkness. Yep. Even Maleficent tells you, be careful about that. But more darkness is great. Yep. And the guy's like, you just need to open your heart, become darkness itself. And Riku's like, you know, I guess in for a penny, in for a pound. Yep. Slam that bad choice dial to 11 and then break it off. Yep. Sunk cost fallacy in its worst mode. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, we now have a bit more castle to explore. So, yeah, now we're actually climbing the castle itself. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the third distinct environment after the rift and after the basement. So what we have to do right now is we have to find four pieces of a heartless emblem to be able to open the next major door. And so we have the foyer, the big entry hall, but it has two levels and we can't, we get up to the second layer by going through the library. And the library has its own puzzle to solve too. We have to sort the books into the proper shelves to move the shelves around to be able to get out of the library and up to the upper floor. Kind of feels like librarians were crowdsourcing their book sorting by making that people couldn't leave without doing it. As we have established, this is a Disney castle that's been run through the Final Fantasy filter, and something Final Fantasy has done in the past is unsorted books that you need to put into the right bookshelves in the library. This is right out of Final Fantasy V, folks. For a Kingdom Hearts dungeon, this puzzle is simple enough, 
and not annoying enough that I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a fine little way to break up the pace of the story a bit so that you can get into some more fights and then go on to do more story once you find all four pieces of the emblem. I think mean, like something we didn't even mention, at this point we finally have Glide. Like, with Neverland, we can't fly like you there, but now oh, yeah. we have a Glide ability. It really gives you some opportunities for bridging spaces, skipping things. It really, like, the motion has opened them up more. And Hollow Bastion, its dungeon is pretty complex with multiple levels. Like, you're often going up and down uh, regions there mm-hmm. and traversing gaps and so forth. So it really gives you that extra motion level. There is one kind of annoying thing as you go further into it where you can get knocked off of the outskirts to a lower level and have to go back through the castle. That is about the only thing that even makes it almost like a chaos maze, but it still makes more sense than all the chaos mazes we've had till now because you can actually see, oh, I have fallen all the way down to the outskirts of the castle. I know how to get back up immediately because I've been here. My only problem is there's a few too many elevator lifts. Mm -hmm. It's not super clear where each of them go. Yeah. And yeah, there's like even some puzzles where you have to change the route that the elevator lift goes on. Like, there's a lot of hidden stuff in this castle, and it might not be necessarily deserved yet. It's less a chasm, it's more that it is kind of complex, and there's a lot to yeah. go through, and it's a little too easy to get smacked down on a level. Yep, but I still love it as a place to be in. You're climbing the outside, you even call it like, the Great Emblem. Mm-hmm. Like that zone when you're climbing over that gigantic heartless symbol that you could see from the outside. So you really feel like you're in this huge castle and you were approaching it all along. And mm-hmm. just a yeah, wonderful it, feel, it feels very Final Dungeon-esque, which is how you know it's not the Final Dungeon. <laughs> that is the way things go about. Mm-hmm. So finally... Just as we're about to get to, like, I think it's called the Great Hall, we have a scene where Maleficent is still just trying to get whatever it is done. Mm-hmm. But and then but then Riku shows up, you know, still in his badass outfit, and now he's got a funny voice modulation. He sounds pretty deep. And echoey. No, it's like his voice is echoing over another voice. Mm-hmm. And Maleficent doesn't seem to notice, especially when Riku starts talking in simple declarative terms, like, unlock the path that has emerged and the heartless will overrun this world. Oh, hey, you seem to have finally figured this stuff out. Cool. Welcome to the team. Nice that you finally sat through orientation. Mm-hmm. And then Riku makes a uh, keyblade. Mm-hmm. And Maleficent's like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> but is this, this keyblade's an interesting one. It's, it's got, like, a two-handed guard there. Like, it loops on two sides. It's black and almost translucent. Mm-hmm. And while it's got a really nasty hook, like, halfway up of it, between the hook and the point, it actually forms a heart with an outline. Mm-hmm. Which, that last part, something I, I embarrassingly didn't notice for a very long time, the outline. I need to see a picture of this, actually. Can you share one? Yep. I have the mental image. This isn't the Soul Eater Keyblade, right? This. No, this is the, this is the Keyblade right. heart. Oh, wow. You, you see, I never noticed I did, that. Totally I never noticed that heart. That's really cool. That is cool. And funny thing is, it's really, it's in that nasty halberd hook even makes mm-hmm. it there, so. Yeah, that's, I really like that Keyblade design. It's pretty simple, but it's effective. And so this dark Keyblade is sometimes called the Keyblade of Heart, but that's getting some really deep discussion here. And so now we're already just like, wait, there's more than one Keyblade? How'd that happen? Maleficent thinks this is kind of cool. She's like, ooh, neat. But nothing happens. Like, she thought she opened the, the giant keyhole in front of them, but nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. And they realize, well... Without with Kyrie's one of them, without her heart, to should be able to unleash her power. And just the, and then just then you show up. So now you have to fight Maleficent, correct? Yeah. Basically, she just like she calls you the king's fools, which is kind of funny. She's the first one who directly seems to acknowledge King Mickey as the one who's been setting this up. <laughs> this is just her in her regular witch form, and she is riding a platform that you have to knock her off of. I feel like I don't know, like they didn't want to have her anime walking the fight because it wouldn't look as eerie. So she's riding this big chunk of stone. 
Mm-hmm. And you actually don't knock it off. You actually have to bring this. You have to like hit the stone and her so it comes crash to ground. And you jump on it and start beating on it. Right. And there's been so there's actually been treasure chests in the dungeon that have a similar kind of mechanic to them where they are floating up in the sky. And in order to bring them down, you have to cast a gravity spell. And so it's kind of teaching you, hey, maybe you can also do that to Maleficent's platform. Eh, eh, put that together, maybe. I don't remember if I actually did that in my fight with her. <laughs> well, how, if you don't use Gravir, how do you get to her? I think I just hit it with my sword. I guess it does kind of uh, can kind of knock it down, too. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad fight. It's a little bit of a chase after villain you can't hit, but at least you always have a goal for it. I don't think it's that difficult of a fight. It doesn't really have all the frustrating elements. But if you know anything about Sleeping Beauty, you know, even being this, that that's no way that's going to be the end of the fight with Maleficent. Mm-hmm. So she runs back into a portal for some reason that only takes her 30 feet away to the next room. Mm-hmm. Then when you chase her down there, Willis is exhausted and looking beat. And then Rico shows up again and he shows off his new his new thing. Mm-hmm. Like, why Keyblade unlocks people's hearts? Now I'm going to stab Maleficent. And she's surprised. And so now we get to fight Maleficent's big dragon form from uh, Sleeping Beauty. I always love Maleficent's dragon form. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's just so simple. It's a black dragon with green and purple highlights. Like purple in its belly, green in the eyes, the fire, and the uh, just the uh, sort of throat. Mm-hmm. And it's just this very streamlined, evil design. It's simple, but it's very effective and evocative of what it's trying to do. One thing we forgot... We got one special item from the fight with Maleficent. Yes. Answer report number five. Answer report number five. To study the Heartless's behavior, I picked out one for observation. It wiggles its antennae, and as if sensing a target, headed deep into the castle. In the deepest part of the castle, its antennae began vibrating, as if searching for something. Suddenly, a strange door appeared. I'd never known of its existence. It had a large keyhole, but it didn't seem to be locked. So I opened the door. What I saw on the other side mystified me. What was that powerful mass of energy? That night I observed a meteor shower in the sky. Could it be related to the door that I have opened? Huh, this is the first answer report we've had that just sort of like hints at something that's directly about to happen. And frankly, it sounds a bit off. Personally. Now it seems like he wasn't just studying things, but messing with stuff. Mm-hmm. Up to now, it's just been kind of his curiosity, but now it seems like he's actually been taking weird actions and messing with the shadows directly. Yep. And anytime we've heard of someone opening a door, in this sense, it has not been good. Yep. We've got, you know, the funny moral don't open any mysterious doors. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now we can get down to the Maleficent Dragon fight. Yep. This fight is great. It's a fun one. It is a hard fight, but it is very good. I think it's the first fight that really will test what you've learned playing Kingdom Hearts up till now. It's basically, we're having it. You're going to have a knockdown drag off fight with a massive monster. Mm-hmm. It's not running from you. It's not hiding its weakness. It's in its face. And it is just going to keep hammering you. Yep. It's footsteps shoot out shockwaves. You better be good at glide. <laughs> yep. Glide is extremely useful here. Using your summons effectively for healing is also good here. Tinkerbell is very strong. It's shooting fire, it's blasting fireballs, it sets the whole floor on fire at least once. So. Oh yeah, and there's a few platforms along the side that you can jump up on to get away from that. It's just a really cool fight. It works really well. It feels like it could be Final boss but it is not. Yeah, but like I said, it basically says you're, you get this get in its face and just beat it down. Mm-hmm. And it's just enjoyable. I mean, I notice it's kind of a quick description because its mechanics are just straightforward. This, yeah. this is a shootout with the boss. Once you defeat Maleficent, what happens to her? Well, basically all that's left behind is her cloak, just once again being very much like the movie, where that's all that you would see after the dragon was destroyed. 
Oh, and I think you also get Mushu after this fight, which is weird. You feed the big dragon, get the little dragon. And then Riku, you know, just mocks her and calls her a puppet. Mm-hmm. Huh, another puppet Thank after you. all. She failed to notice the darkness of heart eating away at her. A fitting end for such a fool. Then he just, then he just stomps on the cloak and makes it go away. Mm-hmm. And then he goes further into the castle. He vanishes and you go past the, into the grand hall, the princess room. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, there's a barrier that blocks everyone but Sora from going through it. Like mm-hmm. you just immediately separate from them. Well, so first, when you step into the grand hall on each side of the entryway to the grand hall, there's three pods in, e- in each pod. There's a princess. But we vo- we know that there has to be seven princesses of heart because that's what we've heard before. So where's the seventh one? Has Sora actually ever heard that term himself? I think the player has, correct? Well, the player definitely has, but the player gets to see seen Sora have it. I mean, so Sora does not give a shit about the lore, so he doesn't know much, I think. <laughs> Sora is a relatively friendly bulldozer. It just keeps going forward. Yep. He just crashes through obstacles and he doesn't really notice things that bounce off his his cab. Mm-hmm. I actually think that might be a good description of Riku's problem, though, is that he gets into this trap of trying to care about the lore, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really have the resources or the knowledge to really be make that of it. big make use of the lore so he gets told this stuff by maleficent and then ansem and yeah he he thinks he's using something but he's only being used by these people so Kyrie is unconscious in the princess room and so oh yeah like, well so you go deeper into the princess room you go up some a couple of circular stairs up to this big machine with a keyhole on it and that keyhole is like a gigantic it's a keyhole is inside of this gigantic multicolored flowing heart of yeah color. Yeah, it's it is it feels really ominous this room. And it and laying on the ground there, there's Kyrie. We found her again. And as as I mentioned, got way ahead of myself, everyone else is blocked from going up the last staircase. So only yep. Sora's there. Yep. And here comes Riku. Mm-hmm. And apparently Sora decides to listen for a second, like Maleficent's like, wait. Yeah, you're not Riku. You don't sound a bit like him. Yep. And I am yep. I am Ansem, seeker of darkness. He seeks the darkness. Is that what he says there? After a long, after the big reveal, you, here's the, okay, here's the order going to say, jumps up, she's lost her heart, you're not Riku, keyhole needs to be completed, her, her, he says, carries a princess, and you must give the princess back her heart. It's, it's inside you, and carries inside me? Well, I know everything. Who are you? Ansem, seeker of darkness. Okay, Cool. Actually, do you have the script? I would let's uh, have let's have Matt do. Uh, oh, great! The other voices. <laughs> All right. So, t- 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 which one do you want to be handsome in this? Sure. Right. Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie! Open your eyes. You want to be sore? I can. Yeah. Sit, I can sit back. I'll do. Uh, <laughs> I think I can do a pretty decent, very young Helly Joel Osment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Helly Joel Osment can as well anymore, but okay. I am amazed that Helly Joel Osment is still doing the voice of Sora and is doing a damn good job of it. <laughs> Sir, whenever I see him in anything else, it's just it's not. <laughs> so where do we want to start in this? Where where you were is fine. So, so just to set the scene, Goofy and and Beast are knocked back by the barrier while Donald looks on surprised as he wasn't running ahead. And Sora just runs up to Kyrie's unconscious body. Kyrie, 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 open your eyes. It's no use. That girl has lost her heart. She cannot wake up. What? You? You're not Riku. The keyhole cannot be completed so long as the last princess of heart still sleeps. And then he does a dramatic sort of fall down from his perch, landing softly, you know, the, the swoop of evil. Mm-hmm. The princess? 
Kyrie's a princess. Yes, and without her power, the keyhole will remain incomplete. It is time she awakened. Whoever you are, let Riku go. Give him back his heart. But first, you must give the princess back her heart. Tara! <laughs> no, no. I applaud your attempt at Donald. <laughs> uh, maybe someday by the end of this, I will actually be able to do a Donald voice. I imagine it takes years of practice. I'm not yeah. being sarcastic. <laughs> what? Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Don't you see yet? The princess's heart is responding. It has been there all along. Kyrie's heart rests within you. Kyrie, Kyrie's inside me? I know all that there is to know. Tell me, who are you? It is I, Ansem, the seeker of darkness. I feel like there should be a lightning bolt there. <laughs> <laughs> then Ansem just backhands Donald across the room out the barrier because he actually hadn't mm-hmm. made it inside with you. Got you. And evil Riku, who still looks like Riku by, at this point in his funny outfit, is just wielding his black keyblade at him. Mm-hmm. So, I shall release you now, princess. Complete the keyhole with your power. Open the door. Lead me into everlasting darkness. Sora. <laughs> so, because Kyrie's voice from nowhere, and Sora immediately does the dramatic st- block of the strike. <laughs> Forget it. There's no way you're taking Kyrie's heart. And, and then he knocks back Ansem's blade, and Ansem does the, you know bring it type of motion come and then that's and then they have a sword fight and it's a pretty intense one yeah this is like it's a much harder fight than the first fight with riku he's throwing dark balls at you well not the enemy power he is vanishing to portals and strafing the room at full at full speed mm-hmm. i really like this because it feels like a very good kind of anime fight it has that feeling yeah to it. it's fights like this that really feel like what kingdom hearts is really trying to be to me He's trying to Omni slash Sora with those dashes. He's shooting out waves of electricity and darkness. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, be fighting Hook was a sword fight. This is basically an anime sword fight with all yeah. the, uh, the waves of bla- powered superhuman powers before. I think the way I would describe what Kingdom Hearts is truly trying to be is the most awesome shonen anime uh, that you can actually play. Yeah. And I would say Kingdom Hearts is at its absolute best when it achieves that ideal. And this is like the first time where it really feels like, oh, shit, we're in Kingdom Hearts now. You might have noticed from the last couple episodes, we've been a little grumpy. Like there's things that we were unhappy with, things we were frustrated by. But, you know, here it's just this is just energy. Everything in Hall of Bastion is just such good drama. I love it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And even when you kind of defeat this fight, there's still a lot of cool scenes going on, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, once you defeat Riku or Ansem, he vanishes completely, Mm -hmm. leaving behind his evil keyblade. Yeah, there's there's still a bit of uh, a a bit of stuff going on, but but you you eventually defeat defeat him. But it seems like Riku slash Ansem disappear afterwards. Yep. Yep. He just he goes away. But that giant darkness door is still there. Yep. Mm -hmm. We can't close the door because the keyhole is incomplete. You can't close something that can't be opened in the first place. Makes perfect sense. Sure, why not? I can yep. I can deal with that. That makes sense. I mean, Sora tries at least. Yep. I mean, but we did just learn an interesting piece of knowledge. The keyhole can be complete if Kyrie's heart's released. And now, no joking, no, possibly no exaggeration, even though I'm not the most aware here of what you've told me, what I've read, what happens now is the most important thing ever to happen in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah, this is the most important moment in Kingdom Hearts. And it's a kid stabbing himself. Yeah. Sora stabs himself with a keyblade and makes three characters. 
it's it's really funny because this one scene basically causes the the next how many games? It causes every single plot point after this to come. Like <laughs> like not the ones beforehand, unless there's time travel shenanigans I don't know about. We'll talk about that in season four. Your silence <laughs> concerns me. <laughs> well, to put it simply, Store looks at Dark Keyblade. He had heard them say that unlocks people's hearts, so he does something which kind of looks crazy from all angles. His facial expression when he does it too is actually kind of like cheerful, but mournful in a way as well. Like it's it's the Goku goodbye friends expression. Yeah, the stick to Shonen, like like when he's mm-hmm. about to teleport himself away and sacrifice himself. It's very much that I I, I am happy to the end, even though I know my weight, the weight of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like and, yeah, and then he just he just drives the Keyblade into his heart, which I feel like the animation did a pretty good job, considering that none yeah. of his rings up to then have that sort of motion. And it's they use the good facial models, not the weird odd texture facial models for this moment. Everything just like. I think it works really well, this scene. Yeah, I actually want to jump in and say one thing about his expression. I feel like it's meant to mirror the no sad faces expression he gave Donald and Goofy early. You're right. Or but it's smile, like, it's not, no it's sad not, faces. Yeah, but it's also not like a forced smile. It's a uh, sincere smile. It's But but it has those like eyes that shows he's still struggling a little. Like He has to squint mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, yeah. I like this idea of they're taking the idea of the Keyblade. Oh, it's just a weird little thing where they... They made the sword a key. No, they actually made it a metaphorical key for pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And this this key was actually said was made up of the princess's hearts, and that's why it was incomplete. So when he strikes into himself, when simple and clean, finally got it right, starts playing again, and you just see the keyblade disappears and orbs shoot out of it and also out of Sora and mm-hmm. enter the princess in the hall and Kyrie, mm-hmm. who wakes up. Just in time to see uh, Sora, uh, surrounded by energy, fall and vanish. Mm-hmm. He disappears in her hands, much like she vanished back at Destiny Island. I'm very much into the repetitive nature of uh, plot points here and mm-hmm. symbolic repetition. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think that that a lot of good stories use repetition very oh, yeah. well. Oh, yeah. You need to you need to make your stories rhyme. Uh, OK, so Sora, Sora has vanished. Kyrie has awoken and Ansem comes back to play. Like, is he is he now fully Ansem now, not just Riku? He now appears as Ansem. And I got to say, when we see a full Final Fantasy villain appear in this, it's a pretty joyful moment, especially yes. the one they chose to make. Ansem, he's got very tan skin. He's got long silver hair. Of course he does, which yeah. shoots off in two spikes that shoot back from his head like horns, but it's mm-hmm. just his hair. It also has this massive widow's peak and spike at the top before it flows out into a long, smooth arc. Mm-hmm. He does kind of have some features of Sephiroth, doesn't he? Oh, it's very much in the traditional square, silver-haired, pretty boy villain, but there's just a little bit funny to it. Well, he, he's, he's obviously a little bit older. Yeah, he's got a cool armored trench coat type thing. He's showing off his chest with it that has a big old heartless emblem on it. You can see he's wearing like a white waistcoat. You can see it around his neck, like the collar of it. But then it swoops out underneath his jacket, showing off his big burly chest with a emblem heartless right in it. And then it V-necks all the way down to his belt. You just barely see the white coat uh, mm-hmm. being being connected when it hits his waist. Yep. And he has these big old gloves. His jacket is super Sephiroth style. Like it's almost, 
it's more belts and leathery, but it almost has those huge pauldrons that Sephiroth did. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of redesigned there. And there's belts up and down the sides of the jacket. Mm-hmm. It has sort of a yellow underset, and like you said, those big, big sci-fi doctor gloves. And you actually can see the way like, the, the trench coat goes all the way down the cape, and you can see it's got like a red velvet interior. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool design for mm-hmm. uh, just for his costume. I think Nomura is at his best when he's designing characters that look like this, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, I think Nomura is better at anime than he is at realistic, and this is, like, anime as heck. Yeah. yeah. He said, he said, it's funny because this looks nothing like Riku's outfit, and so it's like, it's like he took one look at his bodies and the outfit's like, no. Just no. <laughs> so he approaches, and, like, he's not a stupid villain. He's there to just take care of everything. Like, he tells oh, yeah. Kyrie, the clean hole's complete, your role's over. So you're done. Yep. And he's approaching them and down the goof. You're like, I don't think we can do anything about this. Yep. Who actually saves the day for the first time? Donald? Nope. Oh, keep trying. Kyrie? Nope. Think even less likely you think would be helpful. Riku. (laughs) Yes. Ansem is apparently, even though he's in this huge adult form, he's still in Riku's body because he's telling Mm -hmm. he freezes Right, right. Shocked that he can't move, and a, a phantom of Riku appears in front of them, says he won't let him hurt Kyrie, and tells Kyrie to get out of there. Mm hmm. Goofy and Donald take Kyrie, and then, meanwhile, we decide to. See, when do, when do we get to take over the Weird Heartless? Well, basically, Goofy, as, as they're running out, Goofy asks, What do you do about that kilo? And Donald says, Forget it, run. And then we see a shadow watching them. Mm hmm. Yeah. And we decide to be the Heartless. Yep. So, what we're going to do now for the next couple minutes with, with how bad she's playing is we're going to be a shadow. Yep. It's kind of amusingly awkward. All can do is run forward at a steady clip, and since its legs are so long and so low to ground, it kind of clips into the ground constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are controlling our heartless. And at this point, you're just finding it so much easier. You got a hollow bastion, you just jump over to walls to speed yep. up. Yep. Like, this is where the layout of hollow bastion being, oh, I can jump off this and fall down, makes a lot of sense to do. <laughs> so you're just zipping through the map, and you're making it all the way back to the entrance hall, where unfortunately Kyrie down the goofy, they're stuck in a uh, they're surrounded. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyrie also is not liking the idea that that she's leaving behind both her friends, so she's not sure what happened to either of them. Mm-hmm. But what happens then is then the, the your shadow shows up and Donald starts whacking you on the head with a stick. Yep. <laughs> bunk, 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 bunk. The heart was after us. I'll take care of him. He just whacks him. It's like being killed by Donald. That would be the the ironic ending. Somehow. So so here's a, a dumb question, I suppose, we ha- we have to ask. Why does Sora become a heartless here? Well, it's because he uh, unlocked his own heart. Uh, so he, re- he released his heart, and so that heart became a heartless for a bit. Yeah, so is that a, a thing where hearts need to be in a body or else they become corrupted and become heartless? Yeah, I think that's the idea. It's unclear, but it could be because he used the, he could because he used the Keyblade of Hearts, yeah. which explicitly unlocks darkness. So it's good to say that all that so Maleficent turned to a massive fuck off dragon. Sora turned into a Goomba. So that tells you how much darkness there was. Yep. <laughs> Sora is not a very dark boy. Gotcha. Yeah, I suppose that makes makes sense. And we have that whole thing where Ansem believes that uh, we haven't heard this yet, so we might cut this out. But Ansem believes that the nature of the heart is darkness. Mm hmm. That is a debate which I feel goes through the entire rest of the series, to my mm-hmm. understanding. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the, so the Harlow showed up, Donald's whacking you with a stick, which might have a little mage challenge, depending on which stick you have, make it look even funnier. And then, and then Kyrie makes him stop. Yep. And she notices that it's Sora. So you're being surrounded by more and more, but it's just like, Sora, is that you? 
By the way, down the Goofy without Sora came to fight off a, a good dozen shadows, so I don't mm-hmm. know about these guys. <laughs> yep. I think they become more powerful in subsequent games, but yeah. <laughs> and then I would say Kyrie does what a lot of people want to do because of their cute design. She hugs the shadow. Yep. I would love a shadow plushie, actually. I, they probably exist. Do they exist? I'm sure they do, but you might have to like look for one. They might be at in the like the use section at an animate or something like that. There's an official Kingdom Hearts plus shadow for thirty five bucks on Square Enix's store. Nice. It is adorable. I want it. If you, if you go to Amazon, it's one hundred and thirty bucks. So definitely pick more carefully. <laughs> yeah, go go through the Square Enix store. <laughs> oh look, a Funko Pop uh, shadow. So she hugs the Heartless, and then friendship happens. Yep. Kyrie shields you, prote- protects everyone. I feel like all these shadows jump at you at once, and she hugs mm-hmm. them. Then there's a friendship beam. And then Sora is suddenly Sora again, and not a Heartless. Yep. Holding Kyrie, and then all the shadows are gone, or they get blown up by a blast or something. Yep, yep it's just a, a big blast of light. Big blast of light gets rid of all the Heartless. Sora is happily himself again, and now we got to get the fuck out of Dodge. So, yeah, even though it's still just shadows, we just assume the implication is things are getting darker and worse coming and the animation can't handle it. Because we know that the keyhole has been opened, we are forced out of Hollow Bastion. Well, what happens is we get our butt saved one last time by our new friend. Beast helps us get out of here. Yeah, he does this huge jump because he scatters them. He says, get out of here. I'm not coming because I'm still looking for my girl. Mm -hmm. And he does the leave without me, Ben. Then you guys run. You end up in Traverse Town. And that's... The end of your first trip to Hollow Bastion. Yep, and I think that's going to be where we call it here for now. Ooh, so much to happen. <laughs> yeah, a lot happens in this chapter. It's probably the densest part of the first Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah, but I I still think it's 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 a very fun chapter. It's it's kind of hinting at a lot of uh, a lot of lore. Well, and it's and it's also in a really cool world. And I would say very little is wasted. You know, yeah. you, you be a character who's really helpful. Riku completes his fall by realizing that the path that was open to him now is closed because now the, he is no longer worthy of the key. Mm-hmm. Maleficent is both a climax villain and also a warning of Riku and Ansem's power, Ansem's mm-hmm. self's there, and Sora does something absolutely dramatic, like mm-hmm. the climatic sacrifice. Yep. So next time we're going to have our final visit to Traverse Town. We're going to take a pit stop over in a storybook, and then we're going to go back and finish Hollow Bastion for a little bit more story there. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Matt. I'm Jared. Remember, a good story is best shared with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release.